Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Today is November 1st, 2022, and our first story... Joe Rogan warns a massive red wave is coming and it will be like the elevator doors opening up in The Shining. People are fed up with crime and high gas prices. And now the diesel shortage is reportedly getting so bad, some cities on the East Coast could run out of diesel. It's being reported. In our next story, the woke Twitterati are freaking out at the prospect they may have to pay money to use the platform. What Elon Musk fails to understand is that communists don't want to pay for things. Rude awakening. In our last story, it's getting crazy in Brazil. People are protesting, blocking roads, and even calling for a military coup to stop Lula from taking Bolsonaro out of the presidency. If you like the show, give us a good review. Share the story with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. Joe Rogan warns, the red wave is coming and it's going to be like the elevator doors opening up in The Shining. Polling is ridiculously good for Republicans right now, and it's only getting better. But the real big news is not just the comments made by podcast king Joe Rogan. It is that the diesel supply in this country is getting dangerously low. And one supplier is warning we may see shortages on the East Coast with some cities completely running out. So uh, I uh, made sure that our truck that we use for hauling the mobile studio was filled with diesel in the event we need to move it. But things are getting pretty bad. Small businesses are struggling under the Democratic leadership. They've got Congress. They've got the executive branch. Things have only gotten worse. And when you look at the economic data, you can see it happens right around the time that Joe Biden enters office, signing off on tons of executive orders. And then sure enough, things start getting worse. But how about that Inflation Reduction Act? Where's that at? That was supposed to bring costs down. And they can go out on Twitter and they can go in media and claim all day and night that that it's working. But it's not. And people are starting to feel it. In this clip from Joe Rogan, Bridget Phetasy mentions that one of her boomer liberal, uh, you know, family or friends, I'm not sure. I'll play the clip, announces that they're voting for DeSantis. And she's like, how did you lose these people? Joe Rogan says they're making Republicans. If I was a conspiratorial, conspiratorial person, I would actually believe that the Democrats true goal is to make more people vote Republican. 
and that the Democrats are the real fascists trying to make everybody march in lockstep behind a right wing government. But the reality is the Democrats are authoritarian. Their policies are failing. Diesel is about to we're hitting shortages. Gas prices are going back up. Joe Biden's shutting down key infrastructure like Keystone Pipeline, causing speculative price drives and then begging Saudi Arabia for oil. Meanwhile, botching the Afghanistan withdrawal and getting us into another quagmire in Ukraine. Bravo, good sir. This is what you get under Democrat leadership. So while we look over at Brazil and many people cry foul about the election, I tell you this, regardless of what you think happens, when the people are angry and paying attention, it's only a matter of time before the the party that is causing the problems gets kicked out of office because the people aren't going to stand for it. They're not going to stand for high gas prices. They're not going to stand for their quality of life being decreased. They're going to vote for real leaders who make things better. So the only thing, only thing I can say is this, this corrupt, woke ideology marching in lockstep behind vapid Democrats with no real policy plans probably won't last very much longer. Joe Biden's going to be in for another couple of years unless something happens where he resigns. Is 25th Amendmented? Or, you know, something happens to his health, I suppose, which is still a 25th Amendment thing. But it's funny. I remember seeing uh, one person comment. I think it might have been a super chat on Timcast IRL that their roommate was like, wait, Joe Biden's going to be in for another two years. And it's like, yeah, this is what happens when you vote for a president and you get four years of mass, an increase in gas prices and economic downturn. Stop voting for people who hate you. Start paying attention. That's the game they play. They come out and they say the Republicans are evil and they hate you. Sure. When even Joe Rogan goes on his show and says, vote Republican, something crazy is about to happen. Let's read the news. And I want to show you what is happening over in uh, you know, the, re- the reason I think the Joe Rogan thing's relevant is because it's like regular people, you know, Bridget and Joe, just middle of the road people. They're not staunch conservatives. But then we got to talk about the diesel supply because this one's apocalyptic for Democrats. The week before the midterm election day, when most people are going to vote, diesel is going to be through the roof and potentially there will be shortages. You've been warned. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member in order to support our work. As a member, you'll get access to exclusive uncensored members only shows from TimCast IRL Monday through Thursday at 11 p.m. But also we have this very cool new shirt. Go to TimCast.com, go to the store, and you can purchase your Stand Your Ground Rooster shirt. It's kind of like the Gadsden flag. It's our version. Roosters Stand Your Ground. It's a great conversation starter. People will be like, what does it mean? And I'll tell you, when the rooster is out with his hens and a predator approaches, the rooster will charge the predator knowing he will die if it means giving the hens just a few moments to escape to safety. Be like the noble rooster willing to sacrifice everything for those you love and care about, to do the right thing. I am inspired by Roberto Jr., our rooster, every day. So go to TimCast.com, pick up your Stand Your Ground shirt. Let's read the first story. Joe Rogan, what does he have to say from the Daily Wire? Rogan made the remarks while speaking to comedian Bridget Phetasy about the culture of fear that exists in America, where people don't feel like they can voice their opinions without facing backlash. Rogan made the remarks after Phetasy said that she believes that a lot of people who buy into the transgender movement do so to signal that they're part of the high status in-group. 
Yeah, it's real strange, Rogan said. It's real strange to just openly accept all the stuff without any pushback. Quote, I think there will be pushback, though. Again, I think we're seeing it in Europe, Fetisi said. And they, uh, and they were like leaders of this kind of movement. Now it seems like they're coming to their senses a little bit and following science. I don't necessarily see that, although we might see it in the midterms. You know, like, again, people tend to voice their opinion on these things at the ballot when they don't have to voice their opinion. And there are a lot of people that are afraid of talking about it, Rogan responded. But they're not afraid of voting about it because there's a lot of people that are afraid of the reprisal. They're afraid of getting attacked and they'll sit silently when they're amongst friends going, what the F is going on? Like, what is going on? And those people, that's going to be responsible for the red wave. I think the red wave that's coming is going to be like the elevator doors opening up in the shining. That's what I think. I think people are just like, what the F are you saying? They're making Republicans. And then uh, let me see if we have the transcription from uh, Fetisi. She says, I don't know how they're doing it. I had a family member who was a boomer and a diehard liberal. And they told me when I was home this summer, they would vote for DeSantis. And I'm like, how did you lose this person? How did you lose this person? This is this is like go to the ballot and vote blue no matter what. And you've lost even the boomers. Well, I can tell you, while certainly there are weird cultural issues, my friends, it's the economy, stupid. And with respect to my friends, Joe and Bridget, well, I know them, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that uh, and respect them. Let me just tell you this from the Daily Mail, quote, some cities may run dry for a few days. Diesel supplier warns businesses on the East Coast to prepare for diesel shortage after Russia cut off imports. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you are ready for this. What's it going to be? Five bucks, 10 bucks for a gallon of milk. How are you going to even get the milk? There just won't be any. That's the fascinating thing. You'd think when we're facing shortages, prices would skyrocket, right? If there's very little milk left and it's just sitting on the shelf, they'll charge more. Well, people are concerned about the idea of price gouging. So they'll say, well, the, the milk's five bucks. We just only have five of them. They will, they will just be gone. And there'll be a, a, a pretty little price sticker right there in the supermarket that says milk five bucks a gallon. And you'll be like, but I can't get it because it's not there. And why? There's no diesel. No diesel is apocalyptic. Farmers use diesel to, you know, so to, to, to harvest crops. Trucks use diesel to deliver the food to your supermarket. So what will you eat? This will only get worse. The Daily Mail reports. A diesel supplier has warned businesses on the East Coast that there may be a shortage for a few days after Russia cut off imports. Mansfield Energy, a supplier led by CEO Michael Mansfield, issued the advisory in a bid to make sure that companies are prepared. Businesses which rely on the fuel have been told to take steps to plan for the potential lack of supply, which is mostly caused by Russia cutting off imports. Really? What? This means that businesses are not receiving the high number of petroleum products that they were before the invasion of Ukraine. It has had an impact on refineries as they had to shift production from gasoline to make some diesel. This means they may run low on gasoline. 
Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds, and stores for 15 years. You'll also also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com. The diesel shortage is also caused by high distillate heating oil and diesel demand, refinery maintenance, and lower refinery capacity. (laughs) You know, I bought a Tesla. So what do I have to worry about? If all of you just spent $60,000 on a Tesla, you wouldn't worry about gas prices either, is the message that many Democrats actually said. They came out and said, just buy an electric car. You've got 60 grand lying around, don't you? No. But that's the plan, isn't it? They want only the wealthy only those with the most money to succeed, survive. The poor people, too many of them, right? That's the narrative. Mansfield Energy first mentioned the potential diesel shortage last week. The company had questioned if the lack of fuel would be due to poor pipeline shipping economies. And they added there was also a low supply of reserves with only 25 million barrels in storage at the moment. This is in comparison to the usual 50 million barrels along the East Coast. Mansfield Energy on Monday warned in a press release that prices will surge because of the lack of diesel supply. It added that due to the spike in prices, demand will increase to the point that it will balance with limited supply. Also, the company said that consumers may be affected by the high prices when they go to fill up their cars. Here's the funny thing. How do they transport gasoline? That's right. Diesel. Absolutely amazing. The company said that consumers may be affected by high prices. However, they added that there will still be diesel for businesses following a few days of shortages. Mansfield Energy said that the supply chain within the fuel industry is dynamic and that suppliers will work to fill supply gaps. People were told not to panic by the fuel supplier and to only order more when it's needed. The company said that people will have access to fuel by normal means in most areas. In cases where there is not a large storage tank on site, the fleet may be out of commission if the fuel supplier runs out of fuel. Uh-huh, you heard that. Companies can protect their fuel supplies and lower their risk of being out of commission by issuing emergency fleet cards. These give access to fuel in a trackable way. They can also use a small tank for emergency fuel. Mansfield Energy reassured consumers that fuel stations will mostly find supply and stay running. It added, added that for this reason, it is unlikely fuel stations will have bags over pumps, and the ongoing main impact is likely to be higher prices for customers. Hmm. It comes as Biden considers limiting U.S. fuel exports to bring prices down and restore inventories. Well, he's already drained our strategic petroleum reserve. But let me just put it simply for you. Either there is a shortage and you will be angry, or the prices are going way up one week before Election Day. Now that, my friends, is absolutely apocalyptic for Democrats. 
CNBC reports the diesel market is in a perfect storm as prices surge, supply dwindles ahead of winter. Diesel prices have increased 33%. You know what? There's no point in me telling you. I mean, it's not going to impact politics. You know, you click a video like this. And here's the reason why I'd leave the Joe Rogan story. The story is that prominent, moderate, left-leaning individual Joe Rogan says the red wave is coming. And you're saying, hey, people like Joe are finally starting to see it. Why don't I headline the video or, or the thumbnail diesel shortage, high prices? Because you already go to the pump and already experience high inflation. You know. Is it news to anybody to see a thumbnail on YouTube that they're paying ridiculous amounts for gas? No, because they are paying ridiculous amounts for gas. It would be like me reporting to you. It's like you drank a glass of water this morning. You'd be like, I know I did. Why are you telling me this? How is that news? Well, how it affects politics? That's going to get interesting. Here's the important factor. A lot of people are talking about the diesel fuel supply being at 25 days. This does not mean in 25 days there's no fuel. It means if fuel supply stopped right now, we would have 25 days, but they are going to replenish. The problem is with the conflict with Russia, with Joe Biden bumbling and fumbling like a lunatic, it may actually just get worse. And that could mean we could drop down lower than we've seen in a long time. Right now, our supplies at the lowest it's been since 2008. Absolutely insane. Now, here we go. Here's how people are being impacted. And then we'll talk about what's happening politically. This is the worst possible timing. The election is in a week and all of the bad things that are happening right now. From the Daily Mail, nearly 40 percent of small businesses in the U.S. failed to pay rent in October, with more than half saying their prices have been hiked at least 10 percent over the past six months. Nearly 40 percent. 37 percent, the actual number of small businesses were unable to pay rent in October. So what happens? Do the landlords come down and say, listen, I've got to pay bills, too. I've got to pay taxes on the property. And if you don't pay me, how do I do this? Do they evict them? Maybe not, because if it's this bad, evicting won't actually help them at all. You evict them, you're not going to find anybody to come in and actually pay rent. Small businesses in various states are struggling to pay their rent. The findings published Tuesday by Boston-based business tracker Alignable are raising more than eyebrows as they illustrate the stark effect inflation is having on everyday Americans. The survey of 4,789 randomly selected small business owners saw more than half of the respondents say their rent is at least 10% higher than six months ago. If you go back seven months, the majority said their rents had increased by at least 20 percent. Moreover, the study found that roughly 37 percent of small businesses, almost half of all Americans working in the private sector, were left unable to pay rent in October. Compounding concerns is the fact that several states, including New York and California, are well over the already high national average. Apocalyptic, my friends. Take a look at this. Fleeing the scene of the crime, more than 20 percent of homebuyers in Democrat-led New York, L.A., and San Francisco are looking to uproot to different cities to escape violence and recession, study shows. Now, are these people going to vote Democrat? Yeah, many will. But I want to point out that many of the people who are to leave first, they're going to be more aware of what's going on. So I don't think you you need to necessarily panic over this mass migration 
leaving San Francisco and going somewhere like Florida. These people are probably more, they may not be more conservative minded, but they're more likely to pay attention and they're more likely to say, I am being negatively impacted by what's going on around me and I need to leave. The problem is there will be a lot of uh, Democrat voters who are like, I don't know why it's gotten so bad here. Better move to Florida and vote for Democrats. I don't think that will be the majority, though. So this just means these areas, these major cities will become bluer. Isn't that funny? And it's 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 probable, I'd argue, that the very few amount of conservatives who live in these areas will will go to places that are red and they will become redder. Geographic hyperpolarization. It's getting interesting in this country. I will tell you this much. Uh oh. Take a look at the story from the Hill. The hard political consequences. The Hill, the Hill writes, even New York is being consumed by a red wave. Virtually every poll in New York is showing a definitive tightening of the governor's race with Rep. Lee Zeldin closing Kathy Hochul's 17 point lead from over a month ago to just four to six points now. And of course, we know the polls have been skewed by about seven points, which means Zeldin might actually win. One poll actually showing Zeldin is pulling ahead. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Trafalgar. Lee Zeldin is up by 0.8 against Kathy Hochul in the New York governor race, Trafalgar group. I don't know. It's one poll. Some people are saying, you know, one poll ain't going to be good enough. Sure, I'll tell you that much. They say a particular example of voters moving away from Democrats is the 17th district just north of New York City, where veteran congressman and chairman of the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, Sean Patrick Maloney, is now in a toss up race with one term state assemblyman Mike Lawler. Similarly, internal polls on Long Island are showing GOP congressional candidates such as former NYPD detective Anthony D'Esposito pulling ahead in the race to fill the open seat vacated by Democrat Kathleen Rice. If this red wave is occurring in deepest blue New York, this should portend massive GOP victories across the nation on Election Day. Based on what I've been observing in New York and what appears to be the case nationwide, this move toward Republicans is only partially attributable to the usual gains by the out-of-power party in off-year elections and general voter disenchantment with President Biden. The main reason, certainly in the Zeldin-Hochul race, where Democrats have more than 2 million voter uh, registration advantage, is the Democrats' refusal to address the predominant issues of crime and overplaying their hand by focusing everything on abortion and the specter of Donald Trump. Democratic ads in the New York governor's race and congressional campaigns repeat endlessly how New York women are at risk from Republicans. Apart from the reality that the Dobbs decision overruling Roe v. Wade in no way affects New York law, which allows abortion 24 weeks for any reason, they say, blah, blah, blah. Democrats keep talking about abortion. In July, major crimes in New York City were up more than 30 percent over last year, which was itself a high crime year. There have been more killings on New York City subway since 2019 than in in the 13 years previous Zeldin has pledged to remove Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg for refusing to enforce certain criminal laws, while Hochul says Bragg needs more time. Zeldin has been going throughout the state assailing Democrats for their failed policies of bail reform, defunding the police, and tying the cops' hands by restricting proactive tactics such as stop, question, and frisk, which had dramatically reduced violent crime during the Giuliani-Bloomberg years. 
Zeldin personally experienced the real fear New Yorkers have about crime just several weeks ago when a shooting involving youths outside his family home in a middle income community community left his teenage daughters fearing for their lives as bullets struck less than 30 feet from the kitchen where they were doing homework. Suburban housewives in panic hearing this story. It is coming to your neighborhood. They are seeing it. I saw it in Jersey. And Zeldin comes out and he says this. We are seeing in some areas a 26 point swing from suburban women from going Democrat to Republican. Why? They want their children to be safe. You can go to them and talk about transitioning their kids and being trendy all day and night. And they'll say, oh, yes, of course. Oh, sure. And then as soon as you walk up the door, be like, I am voting Republican. This is getting insane. Because it's one thing to be socially accepted. It's another to worry that someone's going to shoot up your home. Look at what happened to Zeldin. Democrats ignored crime as an issue until the recent polls results caused them to have a flurry of law and order events, including a crime summit. The Democrats' failure to see beyond their progressive silos and address the life-threatening issues faced by everyday New Yorkers, combined with Lee Zeldin's aggressive law and order campaign, is heading against all odds towards the election of New York's first Republican governor in two decades. The people are speaking through the polls. That's right. This is from uh, Rep. Peter King, who's writing this. And I think, you know, whatever you think about the guy. Here we go. Tom Bevan. The GOP has seen a shift in its favor among several voter groups, including Latino voters and women, and particularly white suburban women. That group, which the pollster said, pollsters says make up 20% of the electorate, shifted 26 points away from Democrats since the journal's August poll and now favors the GOP by 15 points. What? That's not a 20, a 26. Are they saying a 26 point swing? That's absolutely bonkers, man. So here we go from Real Clear Politics. Right now, the Republicans are up 2.8% in the generic ballot. I hope you realize that's apocalyptic. As the story goes, we've seen it from the Wall Street Journal. I've covered this quite a bit. When the Democrats are up five points, they still lose. When the Republicans are up 2.8, we are looking at an apocalyptic shift away from Democrats. Now, they, they had a little bit of a bump, Democrats, by about a point in September. It's all gone now. Even 538, which tends to heavily favor Democrats, shows Republicans have a one point lead. So there it is, my friends. Not only that, but let me spell apocalyptic out for you even more so. In a shocking story from the Post Millennial, breaking libertarian candidate in Arizona drops out and endorses Blake Masters. This is another major boost of momentum as we consolidate our support, Masters told the New York Times. The libertarian has dropped out and endorsed Blake Masters. That, that might put him over the edge. Blake Masters received a boost in his run for Arizona Senate seat as libertarian candidate Mark Victor has dropped out of the race and endorsed Masters over incumbent Mark Kelly. The endorsement comes after Masters and Victor had a 20-minute recorded conversation on Monday, which Victor is expected to publish, according to the New York Times. Victor had, had been expected to play spoiler in the race. Speaking of master, Victor said, I found Blake to be generally supportive 
of the live and let live global peace movement. After that discussion, I believe it is in the best interests of freedom and peace to withdraw my candidacy and enthusiastically support Blake Masters for United States Senate. Polling from the Times shows Kelly with a 50 with 51 percent of the vote, with Masters at 45 percent and Victor taking one percent, though other polling shows Victor with three percent and ties for Kelly and Masters. This endorsement increases Masters share of likely votes. More than a third of votes have already been cast in Arizona's election. So we will see. I'd like to tell you, my friends, what you have to to gain by voting Democrat, by jumping over to our good friend, Taylor Lorenz. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I'm being sarcastic, by the way. Taylor Lorenz posts tweet thread criticizing relaxed COVID-19 safety measures. This is the establishment elite's narrative. What they want, vote for them at your own expense. You want high gas prices? Vote Democrat. You want more crime? Vote Democrat. You want mask mandates, vax mandates, and lockdowns? Do you want your kids put in plastic bubbles? Vote Democrat. I don't think the Republicans have a whole lot to offer, to be completely honest. There's a handful of good ones, but at the very least, it ain't this. Washington Post reporter Taylor Lorenz denounced people skirting COVID-19 safety measures in a Monday thread, saying, I'm so sick of people organizing indoor unmasked events with zero COVID safety precautions, using disabled, sick family members or friends as a cudgel to abdicate responsibility for keeping attendees and workers safe. If my family member did this, I'd be livid. Now, of course, Taylor is not, she's, she's not a politician. She is but a humble establishment shill. And that's what you need to understand. This is what they advocate for. This is the policy they want for you. This is what the media is telling people to vote for. And the Democrats march in lockstep. The projections are here, my friends, and it's looking very, very good for Republicans. The battle for the Senate real clear politics projection shows Republicans winning 53 seats. Don't count all your chickens before they hatch, my friends. You may be carrying that basket of eggs and you may drop them. We are one week out. I'll tell you what you need to do right now. With early voting currently underway, you need to go to your friends and your family and beg them. Vote right now and vote Republican. I'm, uh, I'm expecting, to be completely honest, that when the Republicans win, they'll do a bunch of things I don't like. A lot of things I think are really bad. But I genuinely believe that what we're looking at right now is the fate of the Republic. You know, I've not said anything as dramatic as that necessarily. I mean, I talked about civil war for sure. The Democrats keep saying, if the Republicans win, it's the end of democracy. Democracy, huh? If the Democrats win, I'll tell you what we can see. The continued weaponization of the DOJ and the DHS to manipulate public perceptions and manufacture consent, because that's what the intercept has just revealed. That's why I believe this may be our last our last election. I don't know. I mean, I, we'll still have elections. But what I mean is when the federal government goes to media 
and social media and says these stories are no longer allowed. How could you vote realistically without knowing what's actually going on? And that's what they're doing. The Intercept revealed the scope and the scale to which we are currently experiencing this. And it's quite terrifying. The DHS, the federal government, was having regular meetings with executives at big tech companies like Twitter discussing what they wanted censored. Facebook and Twitter created portals for the government to go in and flag posts they wanted removed in direct violation of the Constitution. Overtly illegal. Maybe not statutory law, but they are outright violating the rights of American citizens. What happens if they're allowed to continue? If they are allowed to continue, you won't ever actually see any pressing stories. When uh, Hunter Biden engages in malfeasance, story won't actually uh, make it to the press. You'll try to share it on Twitter and you'll get banned. And you will only be able to hear what they say you're allowed to hear. And that's the way it's been for the past couple of years. Now, they don't have absolute control, but they have a substantial amount. It's not just about gas prices. It's not just about trans kids. It's not just about crime. It's not just about the culture war in general. You may say, Tim, I don't care about any of this. So be it. So I can only tell you this. I wouldn't argue that you go to your neighbors and your friends and family and try and tell them about the DHS leaks. They're not going to understand. Simply tell them about the diesel shortage. It's not partisan. Show them the story. Google it. Diesel shortage and say, look at this. Did you see this from CNBC? We're running out of gas. Oh, no. They're saying gas prices are going to go up. I really wish we were producing more gas here in the United States. Then we wouldn't have to worry about this. It's that Joe Biden. He's the one who shut down Keystone, which is going to bring oil from Canada throughout the U.S. And, you know, a lot of people point out, yeah, but it was going to the Gulf for export. Sure. The point is, when the U.S. is involved in the transport and production of fuel, the assumption is we will have the fuel needed to meet demand. But Joe Biden shut it down and banned fracking in certain areas. He's been very hostile to the to the oil industry. And I'm the biggest fan of the oil industry, by the way. And he's threatening a windfall tax. Here's the most important thing y'all need to understand. Google this one. Joe Biden wants to tax oil companies. What do you think will happen if he puts a windfall tax on oil profits? Do you think that will make gas cheaper or more expensive? Certainly, I can complain about record profits, but here's what you need to understand. They're saying the, the, the oil companies are making record profits. You do a Google search and what does the story say? Oil profits were four times higher last year than they were the year prior. And you go, what? Four times higher? They are making too much money. What they don't tell you is that oil profits were down dramatically in 2020 due to COVID lockdowns. Demand was was gone. So they didn't make as much money. So, of course, the next year they made massive. And then they say, but how come they have record profits this year? My question is this. With inflation being absolutely psychotic... Is it that they have record profits or is it that inflation has increased the cost and their profits are the same when you adjust for inflation? I don't know. I, I don't know. It may be that they really do have record profits. I don't think it's, it's, it's good when we're all paying gas prices this high for sure. But if the solution is what Joe Biden's proposing, he's only going to make everything worse. Now, I don't think we should allow oil cartels or whatever to dictate what we get to do. But Joe Biden has been fighting them. He's been curtailing supply, hindering exploration and begging the Saudis for oil. Simply put, talk to your neighbors about crime. 
Talk to your neighbors about gas prices. That's all you got to do. Show them a story. Did you, did you hear about the story of, of, the, of the little, the, the, the little, the young girls in their home and the bullets were flying in their houses? It's insane. What's happening in this country? That's what you need to talk about because that's a real issue that really affects people in a terrifying way. And then you can talk about gas and say, look, man, let me level with you guys. We've got to change this. We cannot go on this way. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. tonight over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. The woke Twitterati are losing their minds as Elon Musk plans big changes. And already we have Bloomberg saying Elon Musk grabs Twitter by wheel, aims for cliff. His ownership of the social media giant is not off to a great start. Literally nothing happened. Nothing happened. And they're losing their minds. Here you go. Stephen King. He's a creepy guy, in my opinion. Elon Musk tells Stephen King that Twitter needs to pay the bills somehow after the novelist said he'd quit the site if he was charged $20 for verification. I love the idea of Elon Musk taking away the precious blue check from all of these meritless individuals who need something to validate their existence. How about yourself? How about you work hard and you accomplish things? How about you don't earn a verification badge? It's given to you by creepy weirdos. Anyway, Elon Musk says, how about this? You pay 20 bucks for verification. And now all of these people are saying they're going to leave. They don't want to be verified. And it may be true. Some ideas that have been floated are for Elon Musk to offer up different color badges. Like you can get a blue check to if, if you're a noteworthy figure. And then you can get a green check mark if you want people to know that you are who you say you are. And therein lies the big problem. I think Elon Musk doesn't understand how these people operate. And, and, he, and, and this is, I hate to say it, but a little bit of I told you so. Elon said a while back he was going to make it so everybody was a little bit unhappy. Like he didn't say, I'm paraphrasing, but he was like, there's got to be a good solution where, you know, we, we give both sides a little bit what they want. And I, I, I explained. But yeah, I, I, Elon doesn't watch my show. I, don't, I, don't, I assume a lot of people don't, you know, of course. But um, you know, I explained, you've got a left that says ban all right wingers, all of them. And you have a right that says, let the left onto the platform to say what they want, including nasty things. How do you compromise between these two groups? Well, it's fairly obvious, isn't it? If the right doesn't care about the left, then you don't do anything because they're fine with it. But if the left wants the right banned, well, if you don't, the left leaves. So what do you do? This is what Twitter's been doing. They ban some people on the right so that the left thinks they're getting some of what they want. And there's still some people on the right who are on the platform. The problem is you can't appease a group of psychopaths. So what ends up happening now? These crackpot weirdos are threatening to leave the platform because Elon Musk took it over. Elon Musk wants to get away from advertisers, deal with bots, and he wants to make sure the platform can be funded and they're unwilling. Elon, what did you think was going to happen when a bunch of entitled narcissists were told you have to pay? These are people who advocate for your tax money. They lie about your tax payments. What did you think was going to happen? Tell the, the, the babies goodbye. It's the only way you can do it. Oh, poor Stephen King, you want me to Bye-bye. Unfortunately, Elon's hoping he can maintain a large growth platform 
with these people on it. You can't. They're in a cult. They're whiny, sycophantic narcissists. I mean, to each other, right? Whatever the cult says, they agree with. And this is the problem. You cannot please them. Nothing you can do. Nothing. Nothing. This is what the Twitter execs learned. And that's why they played dirty games. I mean, obviously, they're also colluding with government. We saw that big story. That's insane. But Elon doesn't get it. They're not going to play. I'll pay 20 bucks. You know why? I want a I, I want premium tools and I want Twitter to get away from advertisers. I believe that paying the 20 bucks means that I'm less likely to be censored because I'll be a paying customer. They don't want to lose. Now, it also means that they loot. They have less reliance on advertisers so they can think, look, for one user, how much money do I make per advertiser versus membership? I can tell you this. Sponsorship models are the way to go. So for all of you that are watching right now, become a member at TimCast.com. We don't want advertisers dictating what we can or can't say. Activists have been targeting advertisers to try and get revenue stripped from companies, which is why Elon partly is saying we need to get away from this. You see, this is this is the weapon the left uses. They want you to beholden to major corporations so that they can demand of the corporations, they pull funding from you. They want you under their boot. Well, here you go, Elon. Maybe now you're going to realize a cold, hard truth. These whiny babies will never be satisfied unless they get ultimate control and you do as they say. Also, I just, I just want to really stress this, this point because I find it to be actually very hilarious. The people who want free stuff, the people who want free health care, free. They don't want to pay for Twitter. Surprise, surprise. They want you to give it to them for free. It's funny how that works. Luke Rutkowski of We Are Change brought up a good point last night. He said, switching to a paying model for high profile accounts is good because it means that if Elon Musk doesn't do what he's supposed to do for the users, you can leave and it hurts the company. Whereas right now, advertisers will leave if Elon. So, so look, an advertiser model means the corporations are the customer and we're the product. Under this model, we become the customer. And if Elon Musk begins censoring and making a garbage platform, people are going to leave. The funny thing is, if he doesn't censor, the left is going to leave. But hey, Elon, these people were never going to give you money. I'd like to, you know, I, I have a good reference for you. A reference. It's the South Park episode where the hippie festival comes to South Park. And then they say uh, uh, they're really excited because the festival is going to bring in a bunch of money. Cartman, who's in jail, goes, hippies don't have money. What did you think was going to happen, Elon? These people who are just angry, vapid narcissists with nothing going on in their lives were going to we're going to pony up 20 bucks. You were incorrect. Here's the story. Elon Musk hit back at Stephen King on Tuesday after the author said he'd quit Twitter if he had to pay 20 bucks to stay verified on the platform. The Tesla and SpaceX CEO took control of Twitter last week after months of legal wrangling. Yeah, 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 we get it. Best-selling writer Stephen King tweeted on Monday, gone like Enron if Twitter made him pay $20 to keep his blue check mark. He added, F that, they should pay me. Now, actually, that's true. And I mean, it actually is true. Twitter should be paying its highest profile creators for the content they produce on the platform. That's a fact. So how do you how do you do it? I don't know. I really don't. There's no way Twitter can handle an expense of that degree because they already lose money. YouTube loses money, too, but it's subsidized by Google. So it's pulling in money from other areas. 
As a top creator on YouTube with over 1 million followers, I get a revenue share. I produce content. You guys watch it. There's ads. YouTube gives me the lion's share of the revenue. They take a massive cut, by the way. Direct sponsorships, they're always better. So what do you do? I think maybe the solution is this. These people don't want to pay money, but you need them on the platform. They're the ones who are producing all of the content. Figure it out, man. I think that's really simple. I like how they're saying he's driving it off the cliff and nothing's really even happened. In response to King's tweet, Musk said we need to pay the bills somehow. Twitter cannot rely entirely on advertisers. He says, I will explain the rationale in longer form before this is implemented. It's the only way to defeat the bots and trolls, Musk said in a follow-up tweet. Removing bots on the site was one of his plans. Uh, Ryan Saavedra tweeted this, that create an alternate verification that you're not a bot. Actually, a really good point. If you're a journalist or otherwise noteworthy individual and people want their fancy blue check mark, fine. If you're a regular user and you don't want people impersonating you, or I still see problems with this. If you're someone who runs a business, you sign up for a premium tier business package and it comes with a verification, a green verification or red or something. I don't know. The problem I have there is like what? At some point they upgrade you. How does that work? It's like I have Timcast News. Follow at Timcast News on Twitter, by the way. It's our news Twitter account if you want to follow the news. I'd like it to be verified. Um, I would pay 20 bucks to get a verification on it, whatever it may be, because I want people to know that's our official account and that's where you can find it. And we would have to go through a process to verify it. But what happens when that account, you know, uh, starts generating content that is attracting new users? Do they say, congratulations, you're upgraded to true verification. And now you no longer have to spend 20 bucks a month. And now you've been upgraded to blue or whatever it is. I don't know how you can solve the problem, man. I do think people are addicted to Twitter. So, so long as Elon doesn't do much, no one's going to leave. They're going to claim like, I'm leaving and going somewhere else. They'll be back. Nobody, nobody, nobody leaves Twitter. That, that actually has a Rick and Morty joke. He's like, I'm, you know, no one leaves Twitter. I think Rick, uh, I think Morty says it in the first episode of season six because nobody does. They all say like, I'm going to leave if something bad happens and then they don't. However, you charge 20 bucks for verification and people might be like, screw you. Here's what Elon doesn't get. He may end up getting Google glassed. I talked about this the other day. When you get enough high profile individuals to all start writing articles saying you're not cool and you're lame and telling all their little followers to do it, then they're going to remove their verifications because it will be cooler among their cult. That's what will happen. So, Elon, there's no solving this problem. You have this bifurcation of American culture where they're adults and there are children. We, the adults, we get it. You got to pay your bills. You got to work hard. You got to chop wood. You got to grow your own food, all that good stuff, huh? But these people on the left think the government should just give them stuff. These are the people who want universal basic income. It ain't going to work. Somebody's got to do the work. I love it. Universal basic income. I get free stuff. You do the work. That's what it means. It's meaningless. Someone has to produce the food. We don't have robots doing it. Here's what Bloomberg writes. Elon Musk grabs Twitter wheel and aims for Cliff. Really? Alexis uh, Leandis. Leandis? Has a piece today encouraging Americans to book their capital losses. What is this? Okay, let's uh, let's let's get to. Uh, is this is this about Twitter? Here we go. Here we go. Just to name a few, blah blah blah. Is Elon Musk's twenty dollar verification? What is this? Paying for the privilege, charging Twitter's three hundred thousand verified users twenty bucks a month to keep their blue badges would make a fraction of what the platform owes in debt. 
$72 million potential annual revenue from a blue badge subscription with $13 billion in debt. You know what I think? I think Twitter may cease to exist. I, I'm, I'm not even kidding. I mean, it, it, it may turn it into a protocol, make it bare bones. But I genuinely believe that Twitter only exists because the U.S. government knows they can control, manipulate and spy on people. I mean, that seems to make the most sense. How do you have 13 billion dollars in debt? Don't know. Don't know. So they're not going to make enough money. But hey, 72 million, you know, that, that covers some stuff. This figure assumes every blue check will pay when it could not uh, when it could uh, when it could soon be more of a badge of honor to not label yourself a sucker who donates 240 bucks a year to Elon Musk for the privilege of being harassed by Nazis. You see how these people think? I also like to point out the mistake they make in their math, Bloomberg. 300,000 verified users. Yo, he's saying anyone could get this. So let's say 100,000 of the whiny blue checks quit. What if 300,000 new people sign up? What if we get 600,000 verified users and he's pulling in 140 some odd, 144 million per year? What if he goes up to a million verified users? Things are getting a whole lot better. How about that? 20 bucks a month. How about that? He goes on to say, Musk is also trying to avoid paying fired Twitter execs their golden parachutes, Matt Levine notes. Just like when he tried to avoid buying Twitter in the first place, he really can't do this. The legal system kept Musk from trashing contract law by backing out of his bad Twitter deal. Golden parachutes are somewhat less sympathetic targets of Musk's destructive energy, but the system will probably protect them, protect them too. I'm not so I'm not so sure for two reasons. Take a look at this from The New York Times. Elon Musk may yet meet Twitter executives in court. Disputes over compensation and firings and potentially over layoffs could push both sides into fresh legal battles. It's not just that. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Elon is now sitting on evidence of malfeasance and potential fraud. Elon tweeted out a, a message, I think it was from Slack, showing that information was withheld from the courts. That, that in and of itself may be enough. Maybe it's just that. Maybe nothing really else will develop there. But it does not seem, it seems possible that Elon could then sue the Twitter executives for fraud. He could maybe even get some of that money back. Now, he bought, bought from the shareholders. The shareholders didn't mis- misrepresent anything. Oh, wow. The power, power went out in mid-recording. It's a good thing I have backup batteries. How about that? So uh, anyway, as I was saying, he'd probably only be able to sue the board members who directly lied to him. So I'm not entirely sure what he could get back, but he could win. He could win some kind of victory. But while we're at it, let's talk about our good friend Viva Fry, because this actually matters. Viva says, although my account has been unlocked, I still have not received an explanation, substantive response from Twitter uh, support as to why it happened. If it was the result of brigading, that needs to be addressed. If a glitch caused by something else, would like to know at Elon Musk. Here's the story. It was a couple days ago, I believe, Viva Fry, who we've had on the show, was uh, talking about the Pelosi attack. And uh, he didn't say anything of at all. He just said, like, here's what may have happened. I wonder, blah, blah, blah. 
They locked him out and said he had to delete the account or else. I'm sorry, delete the tweet or else. How did this happen? Because Elon Musk and this uh, Yoel Roth guy have stated they've locked down moderation tools for all but like 15 employees. Maybe it was a glitch. Maybe it was brigading. They auto locked his account, forced him to delete it. How is it that Viva had to delete this tweet when Elon Musk is literally at the helm? You see, I'm not so confident. A lot of people are excited for this. They're excited that Elon Musk is, has taken over. They're saying it's going to get better. Give it time. Maybe. Maybe. I'm optimistic in some regards. But I got to be honest. I don't think the platform works. It, so look, if you have two kids and one kid is just screaming endlessly and the other kid is just sitting there laughing and being like, he won't shut up. And the crying kid says, he's making fun of me. Kick him out. Well, you can kick out one or the other. So what do you do? Either way, you'll lose one of the kids, right? Either way, they're out of the room. And that's the problem that Elon's going to find. The right is making fun of the left, and they're allowed to. And the left wants them banned for it. So what do you do? You've got to punish the kid who did nothing wrong. So the kid who won't stop crying stops crying. Otherwise, it never ends. There's no solution. Now Elon comes in and says, stop crying. They didn't do anything. What's wrong with you? And the kid gets up and runs out screaming and crying. Oh, no. Now you're losing a large portion of your user base. Elon, let them go. Let them go. Tell Stephen King to shove off. Bye bye. You want to know why? Once they leave one by one, we're still having a party over here, buddy. There's there's still going to be tons of people who follow the news on this platform. Many journalists won't be allowed to quit because their bosses want them on the platform. Oh, Stephen King can leave. Remember, uh, remember that guy who uh, um, Will Wheaton. Remember, he, he, you know, he was on Star Trek. It's really funny. They, they made a Lego set for the next generation and they made uh, Wesley Crusher crying. It was so hilarious. Will Wheaton was so mad about that one. He quit Twitter. What's he doing? How's he doing? He's, he's not really relevant anymore, is he? Look, Twitter ain't the end all be all, but these people live and breathe it. And when they leave, they basically don't exist. So let them not exist in public discourse. Bye bye. That's the game plan, Elon. Heck, charge me 40 bucks. I'll pay it. Why? Because I'm an adult who understands that if you want a service, you pay for it. Actually, I would pay substantially more than that. Um, I would pay 300 bucks. But it's, it's, it's not just about having a verification badge. I wouldn't pay for that. What I would pay for is I have an account with 1.3 million followers on it. Uh, 1.38 now went up a little bit because I was tweeting a storm up the other day. And um, the more you tweet, the more followers you get. So it's an exponential growth. It becomes more and more valuable for your business. Uh, Twitter doesn't really direct anything in terms of traffic to websites. But knowing who my followers are is extremely valuable for the other content I make. So if Twitter were to make a, a pro, a pro uh, a suite, like a pro tools suite, where I could get better data analytics, the time of day my followers were active, the, the, the words they followed, some of this does exist. I would pay for that. I would absolutely for data, understanding, uh, you know, what people like about the content, what they don't like. Now, there's two things to consider there. One, I talk about things I care about talking about. I did a segment on the on, the, on Hans Niemann, you know, a couple weeks ago. It didn't really get a lot of traffic, but I, I liked the story. I found it really fascinating. 
I uh, 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 I like chess, so I, I really want to talk about it. it, was in, it was, you know, I know it's not the most pressing story, but, you know, I just want to talk about it. So just because I can see my audience really like certain ideas doesn't mean that I would make content directed to, to, uh, to them. However, it would help me notice things like trends that I'm missing. It would help me know what time of day to publish so that I could better produce and deliver content. And that in and of itself is important. I think there's probably going to be with, with, a, with a suite like that. And I do believe some of this does exist. I, you can see people talking about certain stuff and be like, whoa, what's this story? Like uh, yesterday's a good example. The DHS story it was published at five in the morning. I didn't see it until like 11 or 12. Should have seen it way earlier. Would be great to see the, the stories that are bubbling up among my followers specifically, because I don't care about celebrity stuff. A, a, a suite of business tools, longer video publishing. I'd start putting videos on it. If he, if he expanded the Twitter app into more services, it would be very useful for a business. And that's what I think he should be targeting. It should be real estate for businesses. That's it. You know, I think about YouTube and, and website domains. Think about that. People pay to have a domain name, but they don't pay to register a, a Twitter account. How about this? What if, you tr- what if you treat Twitter handles like domain names? You pro- make, turn Twitter into a protocol and say outright, you can buy server space. There's a free amount of spa- a server space you get, and you can register usernames for a fee. Then think about it this way. Right now, there's a bunch of awesome usernames that's not, that are not being used. If you have to register them, they don't last forever. You have to re-up them. You see how that works? Everybody's okay with that in terms of domains. And then you get secondary market. Somebody then could buy, and you could take a fee off that. Here's an idea. Somebody sees that, um, you know, big, you know, big sub sandwiches is available as an at username. And so they say, I'm going to register this one-time fee of $13. Now they have the rights to it. They don't own it, they have the rights to it. They can then sell it on a secondary market, just like domain names. Why not? Bro, there are so many ideas, Elon. Turn it into a protocol. Treat it like the web. Take away the ability of an elite cabal to moderate. Make it something that they can't complain about. Like, why am I paying $20 for verification? I don't want this. Why are you paying $20 for StephenKing.com? How about you don't have to pay for that either? Make it a protocol. Change the game, Elon. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. The election in Brazil is mostly over. I say mostly because Bolsonaro, who is the current president and who lost, has not yet addressed the nation, resulting in truckers blocking over 300 highways. Now, the Supreme Court in Brazil is ordering the police to stop these blockades. Over at War Room with Steve Bannon and over on InfoWars, they're saying that the election was stolen. I don't know a whole lot about what's going on with Brazilian politics, but this is actually really interesting, especially as U.S. personalities are commenting on it, how many people feel about World Economic Forum versus nationalism and this story. Here's the simple version. Bolsonaro won overwhelming support in several key areas and then lost in one major populous area, thus giving him the edge in the vote. This has resulted in widespread unrest, and some are even calling for a military coup to resist communism. You know, I'll tell you right now, I don't know a whole lot about Brazilian politics. It's just complete, be completely honest with you guys. 
But the reason this is so important is that it's not too dissimilar to what we saw in the early 1900s with some countries when you got military coups taking over and then creating a kind of military dictatorship. How do you solve for these problems, man? I don't know, because even if even if you are someone who really does believe this was stolen, you have to understand there's deep instability in this, that if you want to believe that the election was not legitimate and I don't know anything about Brazilian politics, say, look, I, you know, I hear a lot of arguments. I'm not a Brazilian, you know, politico. The country is completely destabilizing. And you know what's funny? It's kind of true here for the United States. A lot of what's being claimed in Brazil echoes what we heard in the United States. You have people saying this is clearly national interests versus international interests. Now, as a funny aside, they're arguing the word globalist is anti-Semitic and you're not, not allowed to say it. They've been arguing that for a, few year, for a few years now. It's ridiculous. It's a word that literally means someone who wants a one world government and has nothing to do with Jewish people. But uh, what does that say about you? the organizations that claim it is anti-Semitic. What are, you, what are you claiming about Jewish people? That's just the weirdest thing. Whatever. I'll just say internationalist agenda. How about that? Here's the first story. And then I've got to show you the important breakdown from Media Matters. Ah, yes, our good friends over at Media Matters, breaking down Steve Bannon leading baseless right-wing media claims that Brazil's election was rigged. Huh. Well, right now, unrest is escalating. Videos of fire... And that's getting crazy. Here's a story from The Guardian. <clears throat> Brazil judge orders police to clear roadblocks by pro-Bolsonaro truckers. Far-right president remains silent as supporters protest against his election defeat by Lula da Silva. They say the federal highway police said truckers were blocking highways at 271 points, partially or fully, as part of protests that have spread to 23 of Brazil's 26 states in the wake of Bolsonaro's loss to Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva. In a runoff election on Sunday, the police said another 192 roadblocks had been cleared. So we're looking at almost 400. Justice Alexander de Moraes called on the PRF to remove all the blockades, which have been mainly organized by truckers a core constituency of the Bolsonaro government that has benefited from its lowering of diesel costs. Some truckers posted video calling for a military coup to stop Lula, a leftist who served as Brazil's president from 2003 to 2010 from taking office. Bolsonaro remained silent for more than 36 hours after his defeat and has neither conceded the race nor called the president elect. Moraes was quickly joined by six other justices in a virtual session in the early hours of Tuesday, as they formed a majority in the 11 member court to back his decision, setting fines for the PRF's director general, Silvane Vasquez, if he failed to act to clear the roadblocks. The highways that have been blocked included key roads used to move grains from farm states to ports, as well as a major road linking the two largest cities, Rio and Sao Paulo. The main access road to Sao Paulo's Garulhos, probably pronouncing it wrong, international airport, the busiest in the country, was also blocked. Although Bolsonaro has remained silent on his election loss, his political allies and associates have already begun to establish contact with the Lula camp to discuss a transition. Some have publicly declared that the Bolsonaro government should respect the election results. The communications minister, Fabio Faria, told Reuters that Bolsonaro was expected to speak on his defeat by Tuesday, though it was not clear whether the incumbent would accept Lula's victory. I am going to bet largely he does. Uh, you can go ahead and believe whatever you want. 
I think the strongest possibility is he just says we lost. You have to think about this. It's tough. It's tough. I don't I'm not going to sit here and try and pretend like I could give you any understanding of Brazil's politics, what areas are corrupt or not. Obviously, people are losing. They're crying foul. When Hillary Clinton lost, she cried foul. When Trump lost, Trump supporters cried foul. Now, we know in the United States there is information manipulation and procedural arguments about our elections. That's normal, but it's getting a bit crazy. Thus, many people are saying, well, I'll, I'll, put, it, I'll put it rather simply, I suppose. We now know the DHS, the federal government, was colluding with big tech to subvert public perception, to manipulate and manufacture consent. Now, I don't know much about what's going on in Brazil, but I suppose it could be similar. And that means you're going to get. Let, let me say this, because this is, this is a difficult subject. What's happening now in the United States is that the left is losing. So whatever you want to believe in the end, they're losing. Joe Rogan just came out and said the red wave this uh, in next week is going to look like the doors opening in The Shining. There is only so much you can do to try and control the mind of the population. But if they have access to information, they will break free. A lot of people are highlighting this. And, and, and let's see. Um, I don't know if they have the, the image in here on, on Media Matters. There's a picture. OK, OK, they don't. But we'll, we'll read through some of what people are saying. There's a picture of a Lula rally with like 100 people and a Bolsonaro, Bolsonaro rally with like tens of thousands. And they're saying it's very much like, you know, Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Here's what I want to say on the surface. I think it's actually kind of simple. If you have a lot of people who are fervent and in support of a president, but you have a lot of people who are mindlessly marching in lockstep with the media as they lie, don't be surprised when the people who are paying attention don't win. The people in the United States overwhelmingly voted against Donald Trump. I, I talk to people. I, you know, I go to cities. The issue, I, I, I believe. And I can just say this. To, 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 to say, you know, whatever to the past two years, right now, what's happening with this week? When you have these massive rallies, that shows you the tide is shifting. And they may try to manipulate the public, those who are indifferent or don't pay attention, but it only works for so long. If they want to raise gas prices, fight climate change, shut down fossil fuels, eventually people are forced to wake up and they get angry. Here's the story from Media Matters. Let's read. Steve Bannon leads baseless right-wing media claims that Brazil's election was rigged. Heavens, let's see what, uh, what they said. Echoing baseless fraud claims from the first round of voting in Brazil's elections, Steve Bannon and other right-wing media personalities reacted to the news of Brazilian President uh, Jair Bolsonaro's loss by claiming there was electoral fraud and urging him not to concede. Now, see, look, I got to say, you come out with this fraud narrative, what's the evidence? Fair, honest question. It literally just happened. Is there hard evidence? Is there anything, I, you know, we're, we're not seeing? I mean, there's some questionable metrics, I suppose, but nothing definitive. But we'll see, right? As of Tuesday morning, Bolsonaro has not spo uh, spoken publicly. The New York Times reported on Tuesday morning that Bolsonaro has not yet determined what he would do. His son Flavio told his followers on Twitter to not give up on our Brazil. Pro-Bolsonaro protests spread to the country. This we know. Quote, he cannot concede impossible, Bannon said in a Getter live stream on Sunday evening after the race had been called for Bolsonaro's oppo opponent, Lula. Screw Biden. Screw the State Department. Screw the CIA. F him. Here's what Bannon posted. Make up your own mind. Lula stole the election. 
Now, 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 what's the reasoning for, for believing that? You have in many different regions, Bolsonaro won the majority, but slightly. And then in Nordest, Nordeste, I pronounce it, Bolsonaro lost. Okay, now a lot of people on the right are saying that region is corrupt. It's, it's got gangs and drug, uh, you know, drug dealers and all that stuff. Maybe, or maybe it's a very densely populated urban center. And I don't think that, um, I don't think Brazil has an electoral college system. So if it, if, if it looks like you've got three districts, three states, and it's like 54, 53, 53 or whatever percent, and then he loses the most populous one with 31 percent, it's just population density. All I can really say to this is take it with a grain of salt, dig into it, see what's up. And uh, the electoral college is very, very important. Steve Bannon says Bolsonaro has not conceded. Infowars host Alex Jones also denied that Bolsonaro lost the election and then called for Brazil's military to carry out a coup. Bolsonaro is widely popular, probably won by 20 points, Jones said, adding that his options were either escaping or he can go with the military and stand up to this communist takeover. Look, I don't know exactly why. I'll put it this way. I don't trust media matters, to be completely honest. And I'd like to see something definitive saying outright that you can prove something, because if it was definitive, you wouldn't even be having a question about it. It There would be you'd have the news. What could you do? But I just think it's not definitive. I just think so. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't trust Brazil's government. I'm not going to pretend like Brazil and the U.S. are the same thing. They say other right wing media figures joined Bannon and Jones in pushing a false stolen election narrative, including conservative activist Matthew Tierman and Stop the Steal organizer Ali Alexander. They say on Sunday evening, Bannon and Tiermond appeared on Getter Live to discuss the results as they came in. Tiermond repeatedly asserted that the vote totals had been altered, arguing that the trends were mathematically impossible. Tiermond relied on an apparent misuse of Benford's law, a mathematical rule that conservatives also used to sow data about the 2020 election in the United States. So this law states that in, uh, in naturally occurring systems, you will see more ones than twos, more twos than threes, more threes than fours, more fours than fives, more fives than six. You get it? The most frequently occurring numbers will be like one, two, and then nine is much more rare. When looking at the math, they say, hey, wait a minute, this violates that. Sorry, I got to be honest. Interesting, but I'm not convinced it proves anything. We went through a global lockdown, global pandemic. By all means, I think you can bring these things up. And I think if 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 this is enough, if if people feel strongly about this, then what we need is actually to see an investigation. We actually need you need an inquiry. The same thing is true for 2020, as I would say for for um, Brazil. What you need is an audit. We didn't get anything good or definitive. We had we had the one out in Arizona and that just disappeared. Hey, guys, remember that? The information that came out from from the audit was almost identical to the information that we got previously. A lot of questions, suspect circumstances, and nothing definitive. And I'll tell you why. When you know what I you know what I really think? Again, I don't know enough about Brazil, so I'm trying to be very careful here. But I think there's there's politics is dirty. Fact. So I think what we end up seeing is procedural and manipulation campaigns. I don't think we have fake ballots. I think I think people on the right are being set up so they can't figure out how they lost. 
I think when it comes to Donald Trump, you had 97% or whatever of news being negative. You had tons of normies who thought they were cool and posting videos of themselves, dropping their mail-in ballots and voting for Biden. They didn't know anything about politics, and now they're suffering because of it. The end result is 2022 is going to be a red wave, and 2024 is probably going to bring Trump back because you can't trick the people, cause suffering, and then expect to hold out in the long run. The machine is dying. Here's what I think. You know what probably happened in Brazil, as so with the United States? Procedural efforts and scummy politics. The shadow campaigns to save the election. Now, by all means, you can call that whatever you want. You can call it cheating or rigged or whatever you want to call it. The reality is, in the U.S., and, and I would assume in Brazil, I don't know, again, being very careful, you have like voting in the park, you have, um, uh, what's, what's another really good example? Uh, vote by mail, universal mail and voting are the obvious ones. State legislatures challenging executives like governors changing voting rules. But in the end, the ballots come from real people. That's it. Now, are you upset that someone went to a nursing home and told all of the old people to vote? Okay, is ballot harvesting illegal in that state? And you have to be very careful about what these people do, because it's not illegal to go to a nursing home and ask people to vote. It is illegal in some places to collect the ballot for them. But this is the thing, man. You go to a nursing home. Did you vote? Did you vote? Fill it out. Fill it out. That's right. Fill it out. Fill it. There you go. Now put it in the envelope. Drop in the box. Someone will come and pick up the box for mail-in votes. It is not hard. What I, what I, what I try telling a lot of these Trump supporters, you got to understand, in a city, two activists can knock on hundreds of doors by just walking 10 feet. You go into an apartment complex in New York, 30 stories tall, and you knock on a door. Did you vote? It's right there. You go to the next door. Did you vote? It's right there. You go to the next door. For conservatives in the rural areas, you can't do that. Now, there is this big story out of Florida about a ballot harvesting scheme that is ongoing. We'll see, man. If, if we can't get hard evidence and politicians to clean things up. I don't know what to tell you. The system will eventually just break, which brings me to the most important point, because I, I hit rehashing 2020. With what's happening in Brazil, we are seeing violence in the streets. We are seeing fires, roadblocks. Ultimately, I tell you this. I personally don't know if the most pressing thing is how or who won. What matters is we're having this, this breakdown inside our countries, Brazil and the U.S., and there's nothing to solve it. If the Republicans win next week, you think Democrats are just going to smile? Oh, they're going to riot like crazy. I don't mean immediately. Who knows? But they're going to get super angry. They're going to claim the Republicans cheated. And then we'll see how social media handles their, their election denial. They're going to come out and they're going to say, you know what the media is going to do? Right now, they're saying election deniers after the midterms, when the Democrats, presumably, who knows, maybe they'll lose. If they do lose, the media is going and they're, they're going to say the Republicans cheated and we all know it. And then if you come out and say, stop denying the election, they're going to say you're a you're a fraud denier. Or they're going to say that you're a, a fashion, you know, you're, you're a supporter of election manipulation. They're going to change the narrative and say, well, we know that the Republicans did X, Y, and Z. They are, we, we, I know this because Stacey Abrams says it, because she comes out and says the election was stolen, because Hillary Clinton says the election was stolen, and they don't ever get punished. Hillary Clinton still says it. So you mean to tell me, 
if you go on YouTube and make claims, certain claims about the 2020 election, they'll ban you. But if you make claims at the 2016 election with Hillary Clinton, you're fine. That's the way the game works. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ladies and gentlemen, I really do believe in the United States, this midterm election may be the last election. I do. I mean, there will be elections. Don't get me wrong. What I mean to say is this. With a revelation from The Intercept, that the Department of Homeland Security is involved in a conspiracy with big tech to censor and manipulate and manufacture consent. If the Republicans do not win next week, the Democrats will solidify their, their manipulation and their campaign. The government will continue its efforts of public manipulation, censorship and control. And then you won't really know what's happening anymore. If you believe in freedom and you think you deserve to know what's really happening in the world, then you need to get out and you need to vote Republican. You know what? I'm just going to say it. And not because I like the Republicans, but because the Democrats have been in this system for a long time. Now, a lot of, the, a lot of these Republicans are bad. The establishment rhinos, terrible. But at least you have a fighting chance if some MAGA Republicans get in and are able to actually subpoena, start inquiries, have committee hearings. Maybe then we can dismantle this machine. Now, Luke makes an interesting point. If the machine exists, allowing the government to manipulate public perception, why would the Republicans give it up? He said it's the ring of Sauron. The one ring. Yeah. Yeah, fair point. They would they would get into office and many of them would say censorship. It is a gift to us to fight our enemies with. And then you'll have some some like Thomas Massey being like, you cannot wield it. No one can. And it will fall on deaf ears, perhaps. Or maybe there will be a strong fellowship to hold the committee hearings to dismantle government manipulation in big tech. We'll see. What's happening now in Brazil, it's interesting. The riots and the protests. Will Bolsonaro go the route of Trump and just say, look, I lost try and run again later. I don't know. Considering there are riots all throughout the country, I'm not sure that would actually do anything to save the country. There, uh, well, you call them riots, call them whatever you want. I mean, there's fires in the street. They're blocking highways. It's a variety of things. If Bolsonaro concedes, it looks like his supporters will not accept this. So it doesn't matter. I'll tell you this. I think the riding is wrong. I think the violence is wrong. I think blocking the highways is, well, it's, there you go. I think it's nonviolent civil disobedience and we have to respect it. But if there is no peaceful solution to the issues here, does Brazil fall into civil war? I don't know, my friends. I don't have all the answers. But some people have said we are facing a global civil war. And that's interesting. I'm not so convinced. I mean, in, the, in Europe, you do have some conflict. But for the most part, what? Well, Europeans are just rolling over and going, eh, and they're accepting it. You know, the high gas prices, the shortages of fuel, inflation rates. People are going to vote for John Fetterman. 
people voted for Joe Biden, they will put in a broken individual because they hate you. Now, most of the people are just really dumb. So how do you break through to these people? Man, I wish I had all the answers. I really do, but I do not. All I can do is go on the internet and complain in front of a camera. Hopefully people wise up to what's going on. And that's all we can really hope for. We'll see what happens in Brazil. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.